We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Iron Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. And Jason, the NBA playoffs are in full swing, and the Bulls look worse than ever, despite not even being part of them. Uh, we're doing this podcast because we want to talk about Jimmy Butler, who had an amazing game last night as the Miami Heat took a 3-1 series lead on the Milwaukee Bucks. Heat win 119-114. And Butler turned in what is unquestionably one of the greatest playoff games in NBA history. 56 points, 19 of 28 shooting, was 3 of 8 from deep, 15 of 18 from the free throw line, hits two pull-up daggers in the fourth quarter to secure the win, was amazing in the first quarter from the very opening tip. This was going to be a Jimmy Butler takeover game with Giannis and Dedekumpo on the floor. And, you know, we could potentially be looking at a Jimmy Butler versus Tom Thibodeau matchup. Yes. (laughs) This all happens right after Lowry Markkinen gets named NBA Most Improved Player of the Year. He deserved it. Great season by Markkinen. And we're not talking about the Bulls because the Bulls aren't in the playoffs. The Bulls suck. They finished under 500. Uh, Their front office leader is apparently pretty satisfied with everything that's happening with them thinks you know maybe some more continuity maybe just some tweaks around the margins will get us where we need to be uh jason it's it's a rough time to be a bulls fan but i don't know about you nothing makes me happier than seeing jimmy put together a signature performance not just so i can complain about the bulls (laughs) but really just because jimmy is such a captivating player and we were lucky enough to watch him grow and develop early in his career me and you have probably watched like you know we watched the vast majority of jimmy butler's games on the bulls we saw it the whole yep. way a uh, developmental story and uh you know while the bulls blew it with him he is a really awesome player and last night was probably his best game ever uh just just an incredible performance 56 points so jason texted me he's like hey 
we got to do a podcast this week. Let's talk about Jimmy. So, Jason, let's talk about Jimmy. What yeah. did you think about Jimmy? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, I was honestly planning on taking this week off. It's been a, it's a busy week. We got whatever, the playoffs. We have NFL draft. Busy stuff at work. I was like, you know, the Bulls are done. Let's screw this. We're not. We're going to take the week off the pod. We did a bunch of pods earlier in the month while the Bulls were uh, in the in their playing tournament and all that. And I was like, screw it. But then then Jimmy comes out and put drops fifty six on Giannis and the Bucks. I guess it was mostly like Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton just absolutely roasting them. Uh, so I was like, yeah, we got to do something real quick. And especially just because Lowry it also comes on the night that Lowry wins most improved. Uh, just a brutal night for Bulls fans. Obviously. Most, I think most Bulls fans very happy to see Jimmy and Lowry perform well. And like, I know some people get mad when we do complain about the Bulls trading Jimmy and like, oh, you got to move on. It's been six years ago. And like, I get it. I th- and I thought I had moved on. I said, like, I don't want to keep complaining about the Bulls trading Jimmy Butler. Like, I thought I had moved on last year when the Bulls were actually playing well. But like, now the Bulls suck again. And Jimmy Butler still putting up is putting up all time great playoff performances. So it's like, I'm just going to complain about the bulls some more. So like about, about the bulls trading him, but in, in all seriousness, like, I mean, a ridiculous performance and he had two 20 plus point quarters, which I think I had seen that no heat player had ever done. And they've, I, I think in pl- the playoff history, I don't, I can't, I, that might be wrong. Cause obviously they've had LeBron, they've had Dwayne Wade, they've had all time great players playing for them in, in championship situations, but 56 points, 20 22 points in the first quarter I think 21 in the fourth or something like that the 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 heat looked dead in the water because it was all Jimmy until whatever the and I mean it basically still was all Jimmy but I mean they were down 11 in the fourth quarter they looked dead in the water because they just had no offense juice besides Jimmy obviously Tyler Hero's out and then Jimmy comes back in and I believe he outscored the Bucks by himself the rest of the game uh to w- get a 5 point win just dagger jumpers and it's so funny because Jimmy now at this point is like renowned for not being able to shoot for shit from the outside, but in the playoffs, he's been draining threes. Uh, one of the shots he hit was almost a three. That nasty step back. I think that was over drew that put him up three. That was a foot on the line. I mean, he's just hitting all these dagger jumpers that it's like that. He totally, this the jumper has disappeared from him in the regular season, but then playoff Jimmy, which he says doesn't exist comes out Uh and just a total tour de force performance. I think it's what the tied for the fourth highest of all time for playoff scoring it was like Jordan has 63. Donovan Mitchell had like a 57 point game in the bubble. I think Elgin Baylor had 61 maybe. And there's a handful of guys with 56 Jimmy among them. Now, uh, truly ridiculous stuff against a Bucks team that had Giannis back. This is one of the best defenses in the NBA, a title favorite. Now they're on the ropes because Jimmy is having one of the best, like just an absolutely ridiculous playoff series. And, uh, I still kind of think the Bucks are going to come back to win this series because I just like refuse to believe the Heat, this garbage Heat team, uh, is going to actually pull this off. But I mean, Jimmy's been so good, maybe they actually do it. But uh, I certainly like even going with the Jimmy trade. Looking back to the Jimmy trade, like when they, we thought it was dumb when it happened, but like even me, us as like Jimmy guys, or maybe you think differently, but I, I am shocked that Jimmy is still doing this six years later. Like I figured whatever the few years after they traded him or his prime of his career is twenties, early thirties. Uh, but he had whatever the Thibodeau mileage, the way he plays just such a grinding physical taxing style. He misses time in the regular season. I did not think Jimmy still kind of had this stuff in him, but this year, last year, he almost brought them to the finals. He brought them to the finals in the bubble and he's just had these consistently ridiculous playoff performances. He what that one year, I think after the bubble, he was a brutal against the Bucks. And I think he was injured that year and he got like outscored by Bryn Forbes. Uh, and that was kind of a meme. But I mean, since then, just 
consistently monstrous playoff performances. And uh, it's awesome to see him do it. And like, yeah, he is just like a captivating figure. He's a great story, which is also what makes like the bulls, like just trading him away, even more frustrating. Like guard packs, they, they draft Jimmy Butler 30th in that whatever, 2011, like they find this guy and he turns into one of the better developmental stories in like NBA history at this point, but they didn't want to pay him because they, whatever their ego, whatever it was, they didn't like his attitude and how he was kind of a dick and just kind of a hard ass and didn't always get along with everybody, didn't get along with Fred Hoiberg, uh, and they just didn't want to pay him max contract. So they got rid of him, and they they didn't ever really try to build the team around him. They didn't think he was worthy of it. Uh, so it is just kind of fitting now that six years later, he is still shoving it up the league's ass, that he ended the Bulls season, uh, putting forth historic performances. While the Bulls have won a single playoff game, since then, they have won zero playoff home playoff games since Derrick Rose's game winner against the Cavs in Game Three in 2015. Uh, Jimmy's in the playoffs every year. He's been to the finals. He almost got there again last year. He might pull up a historic upset this year. While the Bulls just dick around and uh, have dicked around for almost a decade now, and just it's painful for the for Bulls fans as fun as much as it as fun as as it is to watch Jimmy thrive. Like it's still, it still does kind of eat at me uh, because the bulls do suck. It would be awesome if the bulls were good too. And they like had some great rivalry matchups in the playoffs and that the games just had more stakes. But the one game that the bulls and Jimmy kind of played against each other that had stakes, Jimmy shoved it up their ass down the stretch in the fourth quarter and into their season. So I guess the only thing we could hope for is that Jimmy destroying them in the play in tournament ends up with the bulls, Winning the lottery and getting Victor Wembanyama. That's what we got to hope for right now. He should have been a bull for life, man. <laughs> should have been a bull for life. When you draft that guy, you know better than anyone how hard he's going to work and how good he is. Or you should know that better than anyone. And I think maybe the Bulls front office was just scarred from the entire D Rose experience, just like how they finally felt like they had a star. Or a superstar, he won MVP at such a young age. And just even like the way Rose's success unraveled, I think like, you know, there were like people fighting on both sides. And I think it was just like a lot of tension on an organization that just was totally unable to handle it. And there was like Jimmy beef there too. Like there was the rumors about that Jimmy and Derek didn't like each other. So like, I wonder, you wonder if that like soured some of it too. Continue, but just wanted to get that in there. Yeah, it's like they just didn't have a competent leadership to be yeah. able to get him to do that. But picking Jimmy Butler at number 30 overall is seriously like one of the best draft picks in NBA history. It came at a time when D Rose was like what 23 years old? Like in what the Bulls needed was a two-guard. And they drafted a Hall of Famer to put next to D Rose. Didn't play him at all his rookie year. I was looking up his game log yesterday. Uh, he played three minutes in that 2012 first round series to the Sixers when the Bulls lost as a one seed to the eight seed after Rose tore his ACL. You know, Butler didn't play at all. He emerged the next year. By 2014, he was all defense, two-time all-star with the Bulls, obviously. And I think they never forgave him for beating them in a negotiation. I think that the Bulls front office of Garpax and the Reinsdorfs as the ownership group uh, just really thought that like a player who had the audacity to ask for more than they were offering was not someone they wanted to work with long term. 
And that's totally insane because obviously the Bulls lowballed the shit out of Jimmy on that initial offer. Uh, and Jimmy ended up earning a max contract. And then he was in line to earn another max contract. And the Bulls didn't think that he was going to be worthy of that deal. So they got rid of him. And, you know, when the Bulls had the three alphas era, I think they looked at Butler and they said, you know, Butler's the problem here because he's not good enough to be the best player on a championship team. Look at us. We're the eighth seed. Someone who was capable of carrying that burden would have led us to greater heights than the number eight seed. But in reality, the entire team around Butler fucking sucks. And he was carrying them on his shoulders. In that last year with the Bulls was truly a masterful year. Uh, one of the best seasons of his career, if not the best season of his career. And yeah, I agree with you that it is hard to believe. Uh, what, what is he now? 34? Yeah, he's like 33 or 34. Yeah. Uh, that he's still this fucking good this late into his career. Like he's legitimately maybe the best player in the playoffs in the entire league. Like who who are you more scared to go up against in a playoff series than Jimmy? Maybe Luca. Maybe LeBron still, but, you know, LeBron yesterday was deferring to Dennis Schroeder and D'Angelo Russell and just chilling in the corner. I mean, right now it's been uh, like, I think it's like Booker, Booker and Butler yeah. have been like the two best guys so far, I think. Yeah. And of course, Steph, because Steph is yeah. great. In the playoffs. Yes. And yeah, I mean, Giannis too, obviously he's been hurt, but. <clears throat> but, yeah, but uh, up there. basically, Butler's just insane. And. One thing I was thinking about, too, with Butler is just like he's just given us so much content <laughs> over the years. You know, like the guy is he's like a walking meme, basically. There's just been so many different chapters of his career. I was thinking about when he gave out his phone number at the Timberwolves <laughs> introductory press conference. <laughs> he famously started the tirade at Timberwolves practice, which is probably, you know, the biggest moment of his career. When he told the Timberwolves, you can't fucking win without me. Carl Anthony Towns is a loser. Andrew Wiggins is a loser. He told the Bulls it's my way or Fred Hoiberg's way. The Bulls chose Coach Fred. Harder. Fred, got a coach harder. Uh, for the Sixers, you know, they chose Ben Simmons. Ben over. Simmons. Yeah. They chose Tobias Harris over. Tobias Harris over me? <laughs> Jimmy Sattons is running back in the locker room uh, after his first year in Miami, I believe. And Jimmy has basically been right about everything. Uh, he's gone about it in a way that has rubbed people the wrong way and have made them think that he's a locker room cancer. He has a huge ego. But really, like, this guy fucking came from nothing. He worked at Denny's. Jimmy Butler worked at Denny's, Jason. I reread the Lee Jenkins SI feature on Jimmy Butler from 2017, and that's one of the lead anecdotes in it. Uh, you know, how Jimmy Butler grew up. I think most people who listen to this podcast know about his story. Kicked out of his house at 13, couch surfing. So even if you take all that away, which is truly like a Hollywood type of origin story for a star athlete, just the fact that he played Juco ball, had to grind his way into Marquette, where basically like just like getting that opportunity was a big opportunity for him, but nothing was given to him as a Juco recruit, just earned it to become one of the top players on the team became the first or the last pick of the first round for the bulls uh after d rose's mvp season and just to see the way that like he has improved his game with 
without being able to shoot in an era where shooting is considered the most valuable skill. And Butler still become a superstar and remained a superstar this late into his career because he's just a fucking monster. Uh, he's just the hardest worker, the Relentless. smartest worker. Yeah. He knows every advantage. He never gets tired. Played all 48 minutes yesterday. I was thinking back to when Tibbs played him 48 minutes in four straight playoff <laughs> yeah. games. Like This is nothing new for Jimmy. I think even in his second or third year, he led the league in minutes played. Uh, and he's still doing this all these years later. And, you know, I tweeted the stat today because I wrote something about Jimmy over at SBNation.com. You can check that out. Just more on like a national perspective, not a Bulls perspective. But he's never scored 40 in a game for the Heat in the regular season in like 230 chances. And he's got seven 40-point games in the playoffs. And last night, uh, just for the Heat, I mean. Yeah, right. And like less than 50 chances. Uh, And last night, 56, truly just an all-time great game. Uh, And it was so fitting that, you know, basically Butler was faced with the same choice he had last year in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, At that point, the Heat were down two to the Celtics with, you know, about 30 seconds left. Jimmy gets a rebound, and he takes a pull-up three for the lead. He goes for the kill shot. He misses. Celtics win. Celtics win the East. And I think that there's some people who question Butler for that shot selection, given the moment at the top. And last night, here he is again. This time the Heat are up one. He comes down the floor. Should he go to the hole? Should he try to draw a foul? No, he jacks a three, basically a transition three against a scrambled defense and fucking drains it. So he just (laughs) went for the kill shot again and he hit it. And Jimmy Butler just just the biggest balls of any Six, player of this generation. 16 he game does, player. 16 game player. He does Kobe better than Kobe did. <laughs> it's just having this like heart of a fucking champion. I'm going to beat you when the chips are down and when it matters most. And Jace, as we do this podcast, I believe you are, are you are wearing a Jimmy Butler oh, Miami yeah. Heat jersey. I am. I do just like this jersey. I bought this jersey a few years ago because I just like the uh, the whatever the vice jersey. It's like the teal teal jersey. Love the color. I love Jimmy, so I just wa- just wanted it. Certainly, in most scenarios, I would never buy a Miami Heat jersey, but uh, special case for this Jimmy Vice City jersey. Yeah, it's been awesome. As I mentioned, sixteen game player. I mean, people talk about like you know like. Jimmy flies under the radar a lot in the regular season. Like, if you look at like the advanced numbers, Jimmy's like always been just like a killer, even the regular season. But like he averages like 20 a game. He misses time during the regular season. Like he is effectively load managing. We see like whatever Kawhi and PG are hurt every year in the playoffs, <laughs> not playing. Jimmy is actually like load managing in the regular season, not really going all out all the time, even though again, his advanced numbers, his impact numbers are still amazing. And then he just turns it up the aggressiveness in the playoffs and he starts putting out these 40 point, 50 point games. Like it's absolutely insane. It's crazy. Uh, so yeah. And Jimmy did have like one game like that. He had, if you, look, if you look back, like when he was with the Bulls, he was not quite this good. And like, even in, like in that Celtic series, he was never really quite on this level. He had like one, actually Jimmy had two really the games. The Bulls won in that Celtic series. He was really good uh, in those first two games when they took that two Oh series lead. And then he kind of petered out over the rest of the series. And I think, that probably did sour some people on him uh, since they weren't able to win another game after Rondo got hurt. 
he had one big game where he shot like 20 free throws and had over 30 points. But I mean, the rest of that team was so bad. They had no chance. Even uh, I feel like even if Jimmy was really, really great that series, they probably still they might win one more game. Maybe they go to a game seven. But because he was awesome those first two games, he was awesome. Rondo was awesome. They were those, those they were the two reasons they went up 2-0 was, was mostly those two guys. And then once Rondo was out, they had just no juice. And Jimmy was not that great, admittedly. And they lost all four games. I do wonder if if they would have somehow won that series, if maybe they wouldn't have made that trade. Like I would not have wanted another three alpha season because that year was mostly miserable until they won those first two games against Boston. But I do wonder if things would have gone differently or if they were just dead set on trading because that was always my issue with the Jimmy trade. Just going back to it was like, they never really gave it a shot with him uh, because 2014, 15, they fired Tibbs. They had the Rose Butler stuff and then they hire Hoiberg and that the, the first Hoiberg year was trash. Jimmy fought with him, asked him to coach harder. They'd missed the playoffs. Uh, they, and they talked about trade after that season, Hoiberg's first season, they were ready to trade Jimmy. Then there were all the rumors out there, but they were going to trade up, I think, with Boston for the number three pick. They wanted to tra- pick Chris Dunn. They were going to get like Jay Crowder or like Avery Bradley or some shit like that. I, I spent way too much time fighting with Celtics fans and other people online about Jimmy Butler versus Jay Crowder, which is hilarious to think about now. Uh, and then they whatever they do the stupid three office thing and then they trade him the next year. Like they clearly were just really never invested on building around him, which was always just like my biggest, the biggest thing about the trade. Whatever you want to rebuild, make the, make that trade when you did. I mean, fine. But they just never really gave it a chance, which was like the biggest bummer. But uh, it is awesome that Jimmy's still killing it now. It's very unfortunate that the Bulls have been one of the worst teams in the league since they traded him, and they only have one playoff win and one play-in win, zero playoff, home playoff wins, uh, and just a bummer. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic 
Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Quick transition to Lowry before we kind of finish up here. Uh, I mean, I mean, both these guys, just like complete outlier development stories. Again, like Lowry, we we both were agreed. But like it was probably time for Lowry to go when the Bulls moved on. We weren't sad that they moved on. Uh, he seemed ready to move on. I guess that's the other thing that makes you angry about the Jimmy trade still is that Jimmy never showed any like desire to like ask out. Like maybe it wouldn't have worked. And like a lot of people said, oh, the Bulls would have ruined it. They, this never would have happened. But like, again, they never gave it a shot. Jimmy didn't seem like he wanted to be traded. Uh which and but they did it anyway. So I was like, whatever. Lowry did seem like he was ready to move on. And Lowry had the flashes and he he obviously the unique skill set, but it was just so disappointing. I was so ready to believe in Lowry as kind of that next guy. They got and they got him from the Jimmy trade, of course, with the number seven pick. Uh, but it just never really worked out, and it was fine to move on. And that was it. And with Cleveland last year, like he was fine. It was another like fine season. They did their three big lineup thing, and his numbers were whatever. And then this season, out of nowhere, in what year six, he turns into a twenty-five and ten guy with, and his efficiency with the usage going up, his efficiency blows up too. Obviously, great coaching there with Will Hardy and Utah, like a perfect situation for him. So little pressure, but I mean, you just kept waiting for Lowry to come back to earth, and it never happened. He was just fucking awesome all season, and like we'll see if he ever leads Utah anywhere. But I mean, they're in a good position in terms of draft capital. And even if he, they never win anything, I mean, he looks like a really, really good player now. And like, he'd be what the second best player in the Bulls, the best player on the Bulls now, if he somehow turned into this while he was in Chicago, but it just never happened. Uh, so like seeing this stuff happen, I think is why people are like really worried. Like you got to keep Kobe, you got to keep Pat. If they go somewhere else, they're just going to destroy the rest of the league. Like, like Lowry did, like Jimmy did. Uh, but I mean, it, it is great to see those guys still really happy for him work really hard to get better and make these improvements over the course of their career. So if you have any thoughts on kind of what Lowry has turned himself into and what happened with that, but I mean, kudos to the old bull scouting department. They really nailed it. And those two guys just didn't really work out in Chicago. <laughs> well, the worst part about this is that now they have, you know, the cover to say, well, we got Lowry Martin and Zach Levine for Jimmy Butler. That's a good Jimmy Butler trade. But actually, it's even worse. It's like a Jim Boylan double loss because you couldn't unlock Lowry Markkinen when he was here, even though you drafted him, uh, because you gave him probably the worst coach in NBA history in Jim Boylan. And Zach Levine has, you know, the best moment of his career is winning the first game of the play-in tournament. Like, he just hasn't been part of uh, a winning organization here because the organization sucks. And it's a similar story with the White Sox right now. Like, what's the <laughs> common parallel there? And I, I guess I just think, like, you know, with Markinen performing so well, Tibbs getting the Knicks, performing at a high level, Jimmy, I mean, the thing about Jimmy is he just gets better every year. It's like, how is he still getting better? Right. But he is. Like, this is the best version of Jimmy we've seen yet. And even in the regular season, he was pretty damn good. This was actually yep. his second high points per game total i think this year uh besides for his last year with the bulls i believe yeah and if you look at the advanced numbers 
He's like top five. Yeah. Yeah. So he played a lot of games. Uh, So like, I think some people think that like Jimmy doesn't even try in the regular season, but he does. He like basically fucking dominates in the regular (laughs) season, but he just like turns it up and becomes maybe the best player in the league (laughs) in playoffs. And it's crazy to think, but like they knew what made this guy tick. Like they saw it up close, but I think they resented him for it because he didn't work out in their building because they thought he had a big attitude. It's like, dude, this guy was given nothing at any step of his life and turned himself into a Hall of Famer. Uh, and doubting that guy is just, it's been a bad bet for everyone who've made it. And the Bulls aren't the only ones who have they doubted him. The Sixers did too. I love that there's multiple fan bases still mad about getting rid of Jimmy Butler. But he should have been a Bull forever. And he never wanted to leave. The Timberwolves, and... so the Timberwolves one is kind of whatever, because that just like went to shit. And like, but like but the Sixers right one, like him, day. the Sixers one, like, I mean, him and Jim and Joel and Embiid are like boys. Like, there's no way Embiid, Embiid like has openly commented about how he didn't want him to leave and how he's like sad that they're not teammates anymore. It's like, that was definitely a bag fumble for the Sixers, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, dude, Bulls down bad. It's like, what path do the Bulls even have to getting better? They got 20 million debt on their salary cap sheet for the next two years. And they won't rebuild, despite the fact that uh, it's basically impossible to compete in the NBA when you're just wasting $20 million. And it's definitely impossible to compete in the NBA when you're wasting $20 million and still won't go into the luxury tax because you want, you know, a handout from the Clippers and the Warriors. So, uh, God, it feels like the Bulls are in such a bad spot. And it's so easy to just think, like, what if they just kept Jimmy Butler? (laughs) You know, like, what the Bulls want to be now is just a consistent playoff team that makes the home fans happy. And the best way to do that would have just been to build Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's in the playoffs every year. So, like, yeah, that would have been that would have satisfied the goals. But then, uh, obviously, they could have been better. But, yeah, it is annoying. And that's why, like, like I said, I hate being whatever. It was six years ago. It was so long ago. Like, I do want to move on from it. I, want, I would love to move on from it. Like, I don't want to be like lamenting the Jimmy Butler trade for forever, but it's just like but, how but things have played out. The it's, franchise, so, it's so hard not to. No, the problem is that the franchise is still paying for it. Yeah. They're still paying for that mistake of making a bad Jimmy trade, not getting any first round picks in that trade. They moved up nine spots in that draft. Didn't net a first round pick in that trade that's insane now rudy gobert is getting traded for five Dejounte murray is getting traded for three uh yeah so the bulls have just really fucked it at every possible point where it could be fucked <laughs> and yeah it's just tough to see a way out of their current situation i mean truthfully like win the lottery uh, rig the lottery win the lottery is the only way it's really the only way. That or like, and if the somehow- Bulls got Wembenyama, how could you trust the Bulls to keep Wembenyama healthy and to invest in all the different aspects of the organization that would need to be invested in to keep them on the right path? Like the Bulls wouldn't do that. Maybe the Bulls <laughs> should get the second pick so that they can have, uh, you know, their point guard replacement and Scoot Henderson and yeah, but just the Bulls are in such a bad spot right now, man. It sucks. Because I didn't want to constantly complain about the franchise. And really, like, I got my wish. 
in that they fired Garpax. Yeah. But they somehow replaced Garpax with someone who sucks almost as much. <laughs> oh, man. So shit's bad. Jimmy Butler rocks. Go Tibbs. Love this Tibbs renaissance. Tibbs winning a series with this Knicks team is like insane. The Bulls on paper are a more talented team than the Knicks, I think. But the Knicks have fucking great depth. Tibbs is an amazing coach. I looked up the Knicks offense defense splits this year. Three in offense, 19 in defense. It's a new Tibbs, baby. Tibbs at a top they three were third. This year. They were third in all rating this year. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not the only one who didn't realize that. I had yeah. no idea. I mean, obviously, Brunson's been dope. Uh, their bench, I know, has been awesome. Uh, Josh Hart, absolute killer trade, and like a perfect match for for a Tibbs team. He's a t- talk about like and getting that dog. Josh young. Hart and Jimmy got that dog in him. And they're all young. Yeah. You know, so the Knicks and they have assets. Up- they have assets to make like a, a big trade if they want to. The Knicks are sitting real pretty because they could just let it cook. You know, there's no like pressure to like accelerate the championship chase right chase right now. It looks like they're going to advance out of this first round, which is a great series win for them. Like, who would have thought? Yeah, coming and then the I mean, the if they play Miami, like if the Heat actually do win, like the they Knicks can obviously the easily finals. make the conference finals. <laughs> Uh, like, yeah. that's, I was telling crazy. my friend, a couple of friends of this, and uh, I was just thinking, like, you know, there's a weird conference finalist pretty often, like the Mavs last year. I don't, I don't remember what seed they were. Maybe they were the sixth seed last year, but they were like a weird. No, I think they were four finalist. or five, right? Because Phoenix was the one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and they beat Phoenix obviously in the second round. Yeah, uh, the Hawks were a weird conference yep. finalist. Uh, there was that year the Blazers made the conference finals. They were kind of a weird conference finalist. So the Knicks seem like they're going to be next to do that. Uh, we shouldn't stamp it yet. I mean, no. they still got to beat Cleveland. And then it's like Milwaukee can still beat Miami. Yeah. But man, it, Milwaukee just goes through these stretches where it's like everyone's got their head up their ass. What are you, do? what are you like, doing? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you can't do that against Jimmy Butler. On a night where no one else scored more than 15 points on his team, Jimmy Butler goes off for 56, makes two absolute dagger pull-ups despite being a horrible shooter. And no one has ever had more dog in him than Jimmy Butler. Like, that's basically what it comes down to. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like like I said, I still would not surprise me at all if the Bucs win that series in seven. They got two home games. The Heat have been shooting like lights out from three, like insane from three. And obviously Jimmy's shooting like 60% in this series. Like, I feel like just at some point it's gonna fall out, but th- there's no margin for error left. One more just monster Jimmy game, and that could be it. Like uh, and more like hot shooting game. And that could be it. And Giannis is back. Doesn't seem like it's gonna be hundred percent. So like obviously the Heat could pull it off, although I still kind of think the button I think the Bucks are still slightly favored to win the series, which is kind of crazy. But I mean, Jimmy versus Tibbs, he Heat Knicks. I mean What's that? The Heat are not good, especially with Hero right. having a broken. Game. Yeah, they're like, not good. <laughs> they are not. Yeah. We've seen Duncan Robinson rise from the fucking grave this series. Like Jimmy's just, and Jimmy's just putting them on their back. It's insane stuff. So like, but if it does end up being Heat Knicks, Jimmy Tibbs, I mean, that's like nine. That's like that's this is gonna be a throwback series. Shout out to Chris Herring. Uh, I know he was talking about that in his The Blood in the Garden book that he that he wrote, which I own. Great book if you haven't read it. 
because uh, there's obviously a lot of bull stuff in there from the nineties and the Knicks bulls rivalry, but Knicks heat was obviously a huge rivalry as rivalry as well. And uh, with obviously Riley with the heat, he was obviously the coach of the Knicks in the nineties, the Jimmy Tibbs thing. Uh, that would be an awesome fucking series. Uh, so I, I kind of do hope it happens. Like it would be crazy if Giannis and the bucks are out, but uh, this is like Adam Silver's dream coming true right now. You have the heat, make it through the play in possibly beating the one seed. The Lakers might make it through the play in into, into the next round and maybe even further than that. Uh, Adam Silver's loving it right now. with some of these teams and possible matchups. So uh, it's been a fun playoff so far. I guess there've been a lot of injuries. Uh, some of the, there've been some blowouts. Um, but I mean, some of these games, I mean, last night was incredible with the Jimmy stuff and then with the Lakers Grizzlies stuff and some of the drama in that series. So, and I think these next rounds will obviously, they should be awesome. Hopefully again, no more injuries to these guys. Uh, the Warriors King series has been great. It's been dope. Hopefully Darren Fox. I think I saw he's going to play. I think, is that game the night, right? Kings Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens no, in that game, but, uh, that's been a really fun series to watch. So. He said, hopefully no more injuries, turn off the injuries, and uh, hopefully we get uh, con- some continued awesome basketball. But I got nothing else. Again, we just wanted to kind of talk about Jimmy Lowry, infamous day in Chicago Bulls history last night. Uh, really, like I said, There's really no not much other Bulls news out there right now. It's basically just all of us talking about whether they should blow things up, whether they should make trades. And we'll talk more about that in future podcasts. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that. And if Kobe White should be the point guard of the future, that's also been kind of a, a talking point out there. I think Cowley wrote something about uh, the Bulls want to bring him back, which is good, fine. I know our guy, Kevin Farragan, uh, on his blog wrote something about why Kobe should not be. But again, we'll talk about that another another time as we kind of break down stuff going into the offseason. But today, we just wanted to give Jimmy some love as a former Bull uh, and still one of the best NBA pl- uh, players in the NBA right now. And wanted to give Lowry his credit, uh, his props as well for winning most improved and taking again just another just huge outlier jump in his again sixth season in the league. Just huge props to him. And right now he's what he's like serving in the Finnish army. He's got doing something crazy like that. So uh crazy stuff there. So Ricky, you got anything else? We wrap it up. I think you can wrap it up. All right. Well, uh that's gonna do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network as we're we continue on in these playoffs, tons of great. Uh, NBA coverage at Blue Wire, um, and we'll we'll uh, we'll continue talking about the playoffs here as well on Cash Considerations. So please, for us, rate and review us. Give us those five star ratings. Please, we're on uh, Google, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all those good places. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore J. Follow Ricky at SBR underscore Ricky. Go read his Jimmy Butler story today. It's Jimmy Rules, and that's going to do it for us here on this episode. Cash Considerations, H Bulls Podcast. Talk to you guys next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.